In a world where busyness is worn like a badge of honor, it's almost impossible to imagine breaking free from the shackles of success. Working long hours, skipping meals, missing or being late to important life events, constantly playing catch up, exhausted to the bones. This has been normalized, especially in the medical and healthcare arena. Practice owners are fleeing to corporate practices or leaving medicine altogether in hopes of recapturing their time and energy. But you are here for a reason and you've been searching for answers. Welcome to Thriving Practice. I'm your host, Tracy Cherpesky. I'm an executive coaching consultant and time leadership expert. I'm mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. I am on a mission to help practice owners take back at least one day per week for the rest of their careers so they can focus on healing their patients and falling back in love with their practice. Together we learn, connect with like-minded practice owners and medical business experts, and expand your connection to an international community of peers. In each episode, we discuss the business of medicine and healthcare, how to avoid the pitfalls of success, and how to improve the bottom line, paving the way to exquisite fulfillment in your career and life. Join us each week to learn how you can grow your practice while focusing on what you love most. You'll want to take notes. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Thriving Practice the business podcast for medical, healthcare, and dental practices where we help provider owners grow their business and take back their time. In today's episode, I am speaking with the passionate and whip-smart Erica Flateau of Renew Consulting Services. Erica has been a full-time clinical hygienist for 21 years. Over those years, she's developed an approach to hygiene care that is relational-based and revolutionary. She is regarded by dentists as having an unparalleled ability to connect with and engage patients as they discover their pathway to optimal health. She shares her method and approach to clinical care and shows us how coaching up and empowering the hygiene department in a dental practice can have a positive impact in so many areas, including the bottom line, burnout, decreased turnover, patient ease and compliance, and the overall stress levels in the actual dental practice. As Erica says, the hygienist team is the touchstone in the practice and can help improve the health of patients, decrease liability risk, and increase efficiency and profitability of the practice, and improve overall outcomes for the patients. I really loved seeing and hearing how passionate Erica is and how committed she is to all parties benefiting from the work she does with dental offices and their teams, especially with the hygiene team. She said something that really struck me and that I've definitely never heard sitting in the hygienist's chair, even though I consider the care I've received to be excellent. She said that she tells her patients she cannot do her job without them. She teaches hygienists to partner with their patients and to lock arms to improve not only their oral health outcomes, but their whole body health outcomes. She's even had patients tell her that their conversations in the chair with her prompted them to schedule an appointment with their healthcare providers when they'd avoided that in the past. To me, that's remarkable. We touched on burnout, and Erica's services provide one of the necessary ingredients to the antidote to burnout. The way she coaches her clients supports them in being in charge of their own time, and they get to feel and actually be part of the bigger picture 
both for their patients and for the health and profitability of the practice. Since almost all dental work comes from the hygienist's chair, it's imperative that hygienists feel empowered to speak on behalf of the doctor and to advocate for their patient's well-being. There are so many golden nuggets in this episode, and Erica's parting wisdom is the following. For doctors, you can always improve. There's always room to grow and make incremental improvements to how you and your team approach providing care. You would be wise to use the time and make the financial investment in your hygienist and in your practice. It will pay off. Our conversation is rich, and you'll note that we get really excited connecting over our connection to the Pacific Northwest. It's where I grew up. I grew up in the Seattle area, and I just love connecting with our guests and getting to know them. I am certain you'll love getting to know Erica. You know what to do. Grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Erica and her powerful insights and wisdom. Erica, I am so glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. Gracie, how are you today? I'm, doing I'm really so well. excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. I know my face hurts a little bit from how much we've been smiling and giggling before we actually started recording. So I'm just yeah, thrilled no to problem be here. talking. That's nope, for sure. Nope, nope. I don't <laughs> keep letting God mind the time. <laughs> well, before we dive in, I mean, I'm just thrilled to share what you do and and to help our listeners, you know, understand what's possible. But before we dive in, I always like to tell people where you're located in the world. I am Tacoma, Washington, Great Pacific Northwest. Beautiful place. Tacoma. So I grew up in the Seattle area and Tacoma, I think, had like paper processing mills and things at the time. Yeah, we're famous for that. For the Tacoma Roma. It's much different now, but that was always the joke if we were driving, you know, south Tacoma Roma. (laughs) Yes. And we're right on the we're right on the port, the port of Tacoma and the Puget Sound. And um, my house is right up from Commencement Bay and it's it's lovely. But it is. I mean, it is port. But without uh, that and all the industry, we wouldn't have everything we enjoy in our nation. So it's got to come in somewhere it's and it's got to come in somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, it's really a Tacoma's really it's a cute town. Like, I think it's got it's really not a town. It's a city, but it's got a great like vibe to it. I love the architecture and kind of funky markets and things like that. So I'm sure it's a great place to live. Is and my heart is here. It's where I grew up, and I lived on the East Coast for twelve years, and then moved back. And um, you know, this time of year, sometimes the weather gets a little gray, but um, you really are rewarded with the beauty. And then, of course, you know, can't beat summer. It's it's heaven on earth. You really cannot beat a sunny day in the Pacific Northwest. For our listeners, if you've never traveled the Pacific Northwest, go go like between July and October. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> go anytime and it's beautiful. But if you, you know, if you want 12 days in a row of gray, do not go in February. <laughs> kind of heading into that right now. Oh, yeah. But every day, the days are getting a little longer, a little more mm-hmm. daylight. And uh, actually, it's a beautiful day today. It's, I love it. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Well, we'll all just be in such a great mood now. <laughs> yeah. Talking about it. So tell us about your company and anything else you want to share about, like, why did you decide to start this company? And and then we'll go from there. Uh, well, I've been a, a full-time uh, dental hygienist clinically for 20 years and, well, now 21 and a half years. And, and over that time, I really developed a method and an approach to patient care. It truly is revolutionary. I started to notice and people I was working with and working for were starting to notice and the patients were starting to notice that there's something that's really special going on in my operatory. And it has to do more with, yes, my clinical skills, 
um, I feel as though are very refined, but the relational part and the connection to people um, and the way that I educate and inform and and really believe in what I do as a hygienist really shifted over that time. And I, I really created and cultivated this approach. I started to understand that I could teach people to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's such an amazing experience, not only with the doctors that I work with, but the patients that I treat that I thought this is something that the industry is really missing. And how can I reach others and show and coach others to do this? And so I started my own consulting business. It's called Renew Consulting Services. And I am now working with dental hygiene teams. I'm doing some podcasting and even some writing and sharing my tips. And I don't want to say secrets because I'm ready to share them to improve the industry. I'm on a mission to improve the industry for dental hygiene. Mm. So what what are the outcomes that you see when when you've implemented these tips and tools and strategies and when your clients do? Well, I can't tell you how many times I'm with a patient and they've said to me, um, no one's ever told this to me before. No one's ever shown me this. No one's ever taken the time to talk to me about this. And the hygienist is truly the the touchstone, the person that is always there with the patient time after time. Again, we spend the most time with patients and the doctor really, I mean, it makes business sense, but it also um, improves the health of their patients and reduces their liability by allowing the hygienist to be an extension of them and to have the autonomy and to be empowered to speak on their behalf. Because we have to work uh, with doctors, we can't technically diagnose, prescribe, or cut tissue, but we can um, work below the gum line. A lot of places we can provide local anesthesia, and we can take photos, x-rays, and we can discuss treatment options and bring the doctor in with a focused exam that really pertains to that patient's primary needs that day. And if we do this, the outcome changes. The patient is more compliant, more healthy. Case acceptance goes way up. Productivity, efficiency goes way up. The practice is more successful. And one of the biggest problems in dental hygiene is burnout and burnout goes down. Mm -hmm. And so all of this is something that I want to just shout from the mountaintops to tell and to share and to educate and to coach others to do this because it has made such a difference in my lives, the lives of the doctors that I work with and the lives of the patients that I treat. I think a lot of people have like fear of doctors and whatnot, but I have never heard so many people talk about the one visit or the two visits a year generally that they dread the most. And that's going to the dentist for so many reasons, right? And it's, it's, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a reflection on the industry. I think that there's a lot going on, right? And we all have, we all carry our bag of stuff with us whenever we go to different places. But I would imagine that, you know, patients feel more at ease. You know, we get more compliance when people feel comfortable, when they see, when they feel seen and heard and understood and cared for. You know, we use the word care a lot in the healthcare and dental industries. And sometimes we lose sight of what it means to actually care and provide care. And it's not just the service. It's not just the cleanings and the photos and the, you know, the imaging and all of that. It's so much more than that. I think this is huge. I absolutely agree. And there's so many reasons people say that. Um, Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's fear-based. Sometimes it's previous dental trauma from the 1950s. Mm -hmm. There's so many reasons that people dread their dental visit. 
But I believe one of the reasons that they most dread their dental hygiene visit is regret, shame. I can't tell you how many times I've had a patient come in and say to me, oh, you're going to be really mad at me. You know, I haven't been doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh my gosh, I am not going to be mad at you, not in a million years. But that has been the approach from dental hygienists. We're even really taught it in school to assess how they're taking care of their teeth at home, basically form a judgment, and then really lecture. And it's not effective. And even if it is effective for a short time, they may go home and and do what you're asking, but it's not going to stick. And the way that I've been able to really um, inspire and bring my patients up to a level is getting them to understand that I can't do it without them. And we don't spend any time together looking backwards, except, you know, maybe to learn from it, but never just sit there, stay there and be regretful or to shame someone or to lecture someone. Mm -hmm. So I usually will say, I'm, you know, I'm going to do the best job I can for you today. This is what I see. This is what you need. And, and then of course they can come back or we can have, you know, supplemental visits if necessary. But one of the biggest conversations we have is I can't do it without you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're here. Say they even come in every three months for a cleaning because they have periodontal issues. Um, one of my favorite jokes is to lighten the mood is usually, hey, I get your teeth four times a year, but you get them 361 days a year. I need your help. Yeah. And so there's no more when you come in my operatory, there's no closing your eyes, crossing your feet, putting on the head solids. I mean, unless we're in a long procedure that we've already agreed on, we spend our time together. And really being able to get them to understand that I can't do it without them has been a huge shift in my patients. Mm-hmm. And they they start to ask questions. They start to be compliant. And even if they come in and they go, oh, gosh, you know, Erica, I was really good for about two months with the flossing. And then I just, I, you know, I, I really fell off the wagon or whatever. And it's like, okay, hey, hey, I'm so glad you're here today. And congratulations on the two months. I mean, you really, really, really put in your best effort. And um, let's see how things look. And then together, we're going to assess their situation. I'm going to show them their pictures or their x-rays or their readings, their measurements. And then we're going to talk about what they think would work best for them. Maybe Mm flossing is not their thing. Maybe they would rather have a water pick or maybe they would rather do something that's um, a power toothbrush, something that or flossing we can agree upon alternating with something. Let's really get realistic about what's going to fit their program. And then this person might have to come and see me more often. And that three-month cleaning might keep them more inspired. Six months might just be too long for them. So it's a customized experience and it's never based in um, the blame and the shame game. I believe there's a pretty close to 0% success rate for inspiring long-term change and behavioral change with shame. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, when our MO in, in, in dentistry, <laughs> I think in the medical field yeah. as well, I, 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 there's a shift and it's starting to happen. But I, I feel like what you're doing supports the professionals who perhaps have an intuitive sense that something needs to be different, but maybe they don't have the tools because they've come out of training and they've really been taught the technical piece, but not so much like the bedside manner. And to me, what it sounds like you're doing is you're coaching your patients. Right. You're providing coaching services to them. And coaching is all about empowerment and finding the why and connecting to it and then finding out what works best. You know, one of the questions I used to work in like wellness workshops and people would ask me questions like, well, when's the best time to work out? I read this article that said, and I'm like, the best time to work out is when you'll do it. Yeah. Same with flossing. 
Yeah. That's like, right. Oh, do I have to floss before bed? I'm like, I don't care. You can use your shoelaces and floss at 2 a.m. Whatever. Just, <laughs> just get it done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we get really stuck, I think, in those have tos and the shoulds and all of the like the judgment around, you know, that comes out of those words and that approach. So when you work with hygienists, are you so let me ask this a different way. When you go to work in a practice, who are you approaching? Are you approaching the hygienist or are you approaching the dentist or the practice well, owner? The dentist is going to be my client and the okay. dentist that's my client is it really needs to be somebody that is interested in creating a powerhouse in their dental hygiene department the hygienist is i mean these are not people that are you know quitters i mean de- getting through dental hygiene school you have to work hard and you have to pass state and regional boards you invest a lot of time and money and you are really a professional and an expert in your field that being said, you don't necessarily come out of um, hygiene school with the skills to have this piece. And I'm talking to you about the relational part. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a person, even new grads that I work with can be coached up on this part of it. Yeah. Whereas a veteran hygienist, they respect me uh, because I've done their job, but I'm also not going to come in and try to make their day more chaotic or stressful. My techniques and my approach actually reduces that and empowers the hygienist to be more in charge of his or her own time and their operatory. And it's really with that permission from the the dentist and understanding of a, a connection in their philosophy so that they feel empowered to speak on the dentist's behalf and for themselves, educate their patient, take care of their own patient. And so my client, the dentist, needs to, first of all, see a need for this believe in his hygiene team or her hygiene team and really want that part to be developed in the practice. And if they allow that that department to do its job, it's really where all the work comes from, um, all the time routinely spent with patients. Unless you have somebody call up with a toothache, no dental work is going to just magically walk into your office. And you need to have a team that you trust and that you empower to be there for you and speak on your behalf and then bring you in for an exam, keep you focused because you're in there for a few minutes. And so my client needs to be someone that's interested in this. Yeah. If they're not and they just want the hygienist to shove in more volume or um, and they can't take a bigger picture that will actually make business more money, then that they're not for me because I'm not there to make the hygienist uh, more burnt out and have a shorter career. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it interesting to see how shifting mindset and committing to something that might take a little while to to change and adjust actually can have a bigger payoff. And that's why I'm saying, see, the big picture, the, the short-sighted view is, well, if I allow my hygienist to spend this time with patients and I'm not cramming in somebody every 45 minutes and I'm not getting those procedures billed to insurance as fast as I possibly can, but allowing the hygienist to educate and to diagnose and to really use the tools that we have in the hygiene department to encourage the patients to start coming in more often, being properly periodontally classified. When you are properly periodontally classified, you have to spend more time with those cleanings, but the person's coming more often and you're submitting more of a fee. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you give your hygienist the ability to be properly treating the patient, which by the way, reduces your liability for not diagnosing and caring for them properly? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes, you know, something that a lot of, in my experience, working with practice owners, um, and I work with dental, medical, and and anything considered healthcare, it's hard sometimes for them 
to put on a business owner's hat. Yes. They're very much Absolutely. a provider. And it's, it's why I do what I do. But it's hard to think that way. And I think that when you share something like that, especially if you've, if you've gathered enough data along the way to be able to show them, look, this can have a direct impact on the bottom line. And I know medical and dental providers are under tremendous pressure with insurance and with all the everything. And it's really hard to, or it can be really hard to have a profitable business, right? Practice business. So it makes really good business sense to like tidy that up. But you have to have a long-term or medium-term at least vision. So I think about ROI and then I think about the length of time. So how long do you work with, like, do you have a package and you work with the hygienist and the dental office for a certain period of time? And Yes. My first question. There's a part two. Yeah. I'll come back. Yeah. I well, um, and yes, I'd love to go back to what you were saying as well, um, about um the pressures that the doctors are under as far as submitting to insurance. But but yes, as far as my packages, um, I can do, you know, a two-day intensive with a team if they'd like. I could certainly go in and um work with the team in, in like a conference room setting and then the next day shadow with patients or vice versa. And that's very effective. But what I find the most effective is sticking with an office for a year. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the office, uh, wherever it may be in the nation, quarterly. And then I'm meeting with the entire team on uh, Zoom bi-monthly. And then I'm available a couple times um, in this package by phone um, at designated times. And really being there with them and sticking with the team over the course of a year is the most effective. And it really shifts the protocol for that, for that department. You can learn some wonderful things in a CE course or in a day with someone coaching you, but that accountability for and for the team is there when we are sticking together for the year. Yeah. I think, you know, piggybacking on the stress part of it, there's so much pressure and the medical and dental fields right now are just burdened, right? Yes. And... I think, you know, implementation can be very challenging. If we're Mm -hmm. starting out, if a client is starting out stressed to the max and they know that they, I'm doing air quotes as if everybody can see it, need to change things. (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing. And we can throw money at it and we can attend a two-day thing and maybe, maybe something will stick. But it's, again, the work that I do, we start with a year. Like I used to do shorter terms. I just don't. I don't do that anymore unless it's a, like a project or something that we're working on together or I'm supporting them on. But a year gives them time to shift and incremental change has the biggest payoff. It just does. And it's also more sustainable, right? If they try to do everything at once, there will be so many mistakes that they'll miss some of the details. Whereas if they're increment, incrementally, you know, implementing the changes and the updates and the way that they do things, you know, it takes a while to get through a cycle of seeing patients and and shifting things with them and deepening that relationship. So very smart to have it take a year. And I think that it's a great investment. And and I think practice owners need to look at something like this as an investment. So, you know, whatever the price tag is, because of course we have to look at the bottom line, we also need to look at the long-term benefits of this kind of work. And it's a, it is transformational. Sounds like it. Well, and as hygienists, we have a responsibility to um, produce out of our column. And there are, are things that we can do day in and day out while we're implementing these. And I can more specifically talk to a team about that. While we're more I- implementing our new approach and technique, we're still being productive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but taking some time for the team meetings, taking some time for the coaching where people, the, the staff actually isn't in the chair with a patient. It is an investment, but long term, it's going to be far more productive because the all the work that goes into the doctor's chair comes almost all comes out of the hygiene room. And so if your hygienist, say you have one, two or three hygienists, if they are all in agreement with your with the dentist philosophy and they're all speaking on the dentist's behalf and the dentist is coming in the room and doing an exam, they are they're hopping from room to room. They're not focused. They don't, they, they're struggling for the chart. We don't have paper charts anymore. Everything's, we have maybe a, a care slip or a piece of paper that, or a discussion that morning, four hours previously that indicated some things a patient might need. But the, the hygienist is standing quietly over in the corner and just letting the doctor come in and talk about the patient's vacation. And then, okay, looks great. See you later. There's no work coming out of that room. And there is tons of untapped disease going on in our practices. It's nothing you have to make up. It's nothing that has to be um, sold. It's it's really there and it needs to be addressed. And so when a doctor is concerned about insurance reimbursements, they not only have to look at the dental hygiene column in, in the schedule and see what's coming out of it, but then look at what is, we can track what's coming over into their room, their dental assistant throughout the day and how they're no longer having openings, or cancellations or holes. Because the patients are invested in that treatment. They highly understand the value of it. They are committed to the relationship that they've created with the hygienist and the doctor. And that is where the hygiene team's numbers can only really be taken from their room. They, mm-hmm. It has to, the way that they translate into the restorative side of the office is where the hygienist's effectiveness really shines. And so the hygiene team can also do periodontal treatments and deep we call them deep, deep cleanings in the medical field, but it's scaling and root cleaning is what it's called. Outside of referring, there's a lot that the hygienist can do that is um, a billable procedure that is with a higher fee. Mm-hmm. And so both have to be looked at. And the days of just doing the six-month cleaning, some people fit into that category, but 85% of us over the age of 40 have periodontal disease in one form or another. And certainly a lot of us have restorative needs in our mouth that are going untapped either because of there isn't that team approach, there isn't that focus, or maybe there's the fear of having to have a hard conversation with the patient mm-hmm. and properly educating them. So there's a lot that can be done, but each office, each team, it's really customized. My work with them is really customized to so the hurdles that they've been facing and keeping their schedule full or getting their patients to be compliant. Mm. This has probably been needed for a long time, but I feel like it's very timely because a lot of like my clients are coming to me and saying, you know, it's interesting, this shift we're seeing, even if they're in like rural areas where, you know, like if you look at the coastal areas, there's a lot more focus on health and wellness and, you know, knowing your everything and maybe not so much in some of the more far-flung parts of the country. But I've had clients in like very remote rural areas tell me, something's shifting. Patients are coming in and instead of saying, how can you fix this? Like putting it on them, they're saying, how can I get healthier? And I think there's a piece that we miss sometimes about going to the dentist that our oral health is connected to a lot of the organs in our bodies. And and the importance of our oral health and wellness maybe is underplayed a bit, but I think that this is a great opportunity to educate patients and to open that up. So it's benefiting the practice. It's benefiting the hygienist. It's decreasing some of that frustration. 
I got the image earlier of like a conveyor belt, right? There's just like a, we're not trying to do production line. I mean, that's some days might feel like you just need to put your skates on and they're like, well, here we go. This is a busy day. But otherwise, like if you're looking at the whole picture and coming back to the dentist and asking them why they wanted to start a private practice and asking the hygienist, why did you want to be a hygienist? I'm sure it wasn't just to do the procedures. There was something else. Right. It is. It's it's um, you're changing lives. And now that we know the oral systemic connection, you are improving the health of your patients overall. And that's the first thing we do as hygienists. Every visit, it's it's going over the medical history. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, we are recognizing oral evidence of something that might be going on in in the system and recommending that people speak to their physicians. Huge connection with dental evidence to sleep apnea and the effect that that has um, on our general health. Interesting. Um, but it's something that we really have started to insist upon is filling out the medical history every so often and then going over it at every visit. And when someone told me years ago that your patients see you more than they see their medical doctor, mm-hmm. and some don't see their medical doctor at all if they're not going for routine physicals, and if, if you get someone in your chair and you take their blood pressure or you go over their health history or you talk to them about their medications, where you talk to them about sleep, it's really, I can't tell you over the last 21 years how many people have said, wow, what you said, I decided to go into the doctor and guess what? There is an issue. Mm-hmm. Now we can't diagnose it, but we can certainly recommend and screen. Yeah. Maybe. And it's a, it's a big responsibility, and, but it also, like you said, the conveyor belt is, is not what fulfills you. It's not what um, keeps you going. Um, and that is why there's an issue in our industry where hygienists, especially with COVID, left in droves. There's a shortage, especially in those rural areas of hygienists across the nation. And so why are people leaving the profession? And a lot of it has to do with, well, there's pressure from insurance. There's a responsibility that is overwhelming. COVID came with a lot of extra things that we needed to do to be able to treat patients. And then lastly, the burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a, a lot of my my approach slows things down, but is still productive and still um, helps the business, you know, be successful. So it can be done. Yeah. But the way that we're doing it is it, if, if, if people are leaving and there's no one to care for dental hygiene patients, what is going on? And that's, that's what I really believe I have the answers to. Amazing. I mean, this is so needed and we're having so many employment crises in this country. And I think some of it is a lot of people want to do meaningful work. And if we feel like a cog in the wheel, that doesn't feel terribly meaningful. No. What kind of contribution can I make? How can I impact other people's lives? You know, I seriously doubt that someone commits to going to dental hygiene school because they thought it sounded cool, right? There was a reason. I mean, maybe they did think it was cool, but there's probably a deeper (laughs) reason than that, right? So I think that's, yeah, I feel like you're bringing a lot of care and solution to what is turning out to be a really big problem. And, you know, for the dentists listening who might be thinking about, okay, this is nice, but this is a little bit scary or I'm not sure I'm not, I'm afraid to spend some money or whatever. Listen, turnover is expensive. So whatever your hygienist's salary is, you're going to spend one to two times that in downtime, in hiring and recruiting and training and all of that to bring someone new in. But if you could invest in someone who's there, who's competent and or highly competent and support them in a different way, why wouldn't you do that? 
people that make it through dental hygiene school, it's very rigorous. These are professionals. These are hard workers. And even if they don't have the language, the, the skills to um, relationally approach um, someone, like I said, they can be coached too. Totally. And, and it, you can have it all. You can have your liability uh, reduced with properly diagnosing patients. You can have happy, cared for, quality work with your patients. And then you can also have a successful business that is just killing it. And it's totally. okay to have all of it because everybody wins. Totally. Everybody wins. I think this is, wow, this is, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I know because we've talked before that you and I could talk for hours. <laughs> I know I get a little serious, but I'm like, oh, so passionate about no, it. No, that's it. I mean, yeah. it's it's like, I can, I can feel it like, you know, oozing through the the Zoom screen here that you're just so passionate and also committed. And this is a big one. You have the skill set. You have the experience. You bring that to the table and you've seen what you're teaching people. You've seen it work and you have 21 years of experience of testing and adjusting and testing and adjusting and, you know, and continuing to see how how it impacts everybody. And this, to me, is a very full circle service that you provide because it can impact everybody. You know, everybody wins from from investing in this kind of coaching. The shift of it really um, uh, was was for me is when I started understanding that I'm changing lives and I really believe in what I do as a hygienist. And when you believe in the work you're doing and you see the results, you no longer feel bad about having to have a hard conversation or having to tell somebody some news that they may not necessarily want to hear about their mouth. But the bad news is if you don't tell them their their oral and their general health is going to suffer. And so when I when I stopped, when I got over that part of it and I really started believing in what I do as a hygienist, it just flows. It, it, it's so authentic. It comes so naturally from me. The patients can see my sincerity and other people can have this too. And I love the opportunity to work with hygiene teams specifically as a, I, I can work with the entire office, but I really feel as though my skills are well used on um, coaching up and empowering the hygiene team. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, where can people find you so they can learn more about how you do this? Well, um, they can certainly email me. It's ericaflatteau at gmail.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-F-L-A-T-E-A-U at gmail.com. And then my website is renewconsultingservices.com. And that's, of course, R-E-N-E-W, consultingservices.com. We will put both of those in the show notes so everybody can easily click if they want to get in touch with you. So one final question for you. Yes. Wisdom. Do you have any parting wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I'm thinking that your listeners will primarily be business owners or doctors, but doctors, um, whether you're acquiring a practice, whether you're, you're someone's retiring and, or you're a new associate, whether you're, you've been the practice owner for a long time and you've had your team for a long time, it can still improve and it can still happen. Get someone in like myself to coach your team, empower them and trust them. It is going to leave you the space to do the things that you are the most uh, productive and specialized at yourself with your support staff being dynamic and trusted and left to take care of you and your patients in the way that they know how. So invest that time in a little extra coaching and meetings and discussions and really getting on the same page with your philosophy because you will be absolutely shocked at how 
your staff can support you with any change in your practice, or if you're already just very established, you will see a shift in um, compliance and in productivity and efficiency. Mm, Very sage advice. Well, thank you again, Erica, for coming on. It's just been wonderful. And I love just how lit up you are talking about what you do. It's really, it's really evident. And give her a call. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. (laughs) I appreciate it so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Oh, thanks again for coming. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Thriving Practice. I appreciate you coming here week after week, dear listener, to listen and learn how to elevate your leadership, grow your practice, and to think and act like the high-impact CEO provider that you're meant to be. I have one request of you. If you've benefited from this show, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with your thoughts on the show. Your feedback and review help us get in front of other amazing practice owners just like you. Thank you again for listening and until next time.